And I'm like, man, I'm trying to be like you. You're killing it. And he's like, dude, you are a photographer that didn't have to get a day job during a pandemic. Ooh. <laughs> Welcome back to the interview podcast on the Why Millblank Podcast Network from Millblank, South Dakota. This is Craig Weinberg. WhyMillblank.com is the website. If you want to help support the show, click on the podcast button and find the donate button. Everything is appreciated and helps us continue on with these conversations. Today on the show, designer and photographer Click Thompson is here. ClickThompson.com. Thanks a lot for hanging out. Let's get right to it. Chris, Christopher, Click, what do you prefer? All of the above. It was funny. We just uh, got the announcement of official photographers for the NFR and the National Final Steerofin, and and they asked you, well, what do you want on your buckle? I'm like, oh. Well, you get a so buckle for that? Me. Oh yeah, we get we get a buckle and uh, they used to put you. They're not putting the names on the jackets this year. No. Uh, usually they put the names on, and I'll I'll find someone who's pretty handy at doing leather work, and I'll have someone put a name on my jacket. But yeah, we get buckles for those things too. So. That's cool. So how did you but, um, how did you get into this rodeo photography gig? This world. Well, yeah. the story that everyone loves that I tell every now and then is so. Why does a guy do anything for a girl? Ooh, and. Uh, so in 2010, I went to my first PBR as a fan, like didn't know a lot about it, but I was in, in talks. I was courting a young lady who is now my sister-in-law because my brother married her <laughs> sister, but, uh, we went there and I got, I just got hooked kind of no pun intended, but it was just very interesting. And like, before we, they even bucked one bull that day, we were like, we're going to another one. And uh, the next year, well, yeah, like 2011, I went to like, no, that was the end of 2010. I went to a Built for Tough event and met a bunch of people and started talking. And I used to work at Bush Gardens in Virginia. Um, a lot of people know the one in Florida, but, and one of my coworkers rode bulls and he told me about stuff in the local area. And that's kind of how I got involved. And so started as a fan and found my, whole, found my little niche. So was that your first experience with rodeo at all? 2010 was my first time seeing a buck and bull, seeing road. Like I had seen horses, but like that was that was it. So it's been pretty short period of time. That's wild. So you you were already a photographer, I presume. Yeah, I had I was shooting. If it was so, I went to undergrad for graphic design, and then but photography was the thing that kind of just stole my mind. Whatever, mm -hmm. it, and I can't remember who said it, but photography kind of gives you a license to steal experiences. <laughs> So you can, you know, if you've got a camera, you can kind of sneak into places that other people can't yep, get. And, yep. Um, but yeah, that was the thing and started shooting and, and found my, the things that I liked about it. And, and there we are. Here we, I mean, just in the middle of it real fast. <clears throat> All right. So I'm just going to jump into gear for a second because I am a photographer yeah. as a, as a professional. Go for it. Um, I like helping people spend their money. Prefer, so well, preferred uh, <laughs> uh, lens for. Uh, for for what you do now, I I just saw you. Mm. Was it last week you were in Pendleton, Oregon? I uh, was last week. I was in Salinas. The week before, I was in Pendleton. Okay, so you're like in the dirt, like laying under the fence. In that, Is, do you do they put yeah. you there? Or do you get to choose that location? Most of the times, 
they tell us where we're supposed to be and then we figure out who push the limits and we try to figure out where you can go and where you can't go and who polices um, that really? and some, and, <laughs> well use the, there is a lot of times they're volunteers and some you kind of just got to make friends and, yeah. and you tap people on the shoulder it's like Cheyenne, they're like, okay, you can be on the back of the bucket sheets, but you can only be up there like two or three rides. And then, so I usually will go up beforehand and make friends. Like, oh, you the guy? And we visit for a little bit. Next thing you know, they don't kick you off. Mm. So then you, you get, you know, not three rides, you get all 10 or whatever's going on. So, but you just try to push the limits in a respectful manner because mm-hmm. you want to actually come back. But I, I've never been to the Pendleton Roundup. Um, I grew up in Western Oregon, so I, uh, yeah. I mean, on that side of the mountains, we were in rodeo or at rodeo quite a bit as a kid, but, um, mm. I always wanted to go there and I saw vi- like pictures of it this year. That is a bizarre, yeah. it's like a, is it a racetrack? <laughs> what is that place? It's huge. It It is. I don't, it's been there over <laughs> a century, but it, and I'm pretty sure they could do a racetrack there. It, it is. And I tell people. It's the the most Western deal going. Like every <laughs> event is sketchy. Like people get hurt every day. Like it's it's just the, the and I got there late. I had like my mom came in town to Texas, so I did the tour guide thing, and then I went to Pendleton like the next day. First day we get out there. Well, I got there late the first night, so obviously we're enjoying the festivities of the evening there, and then I get there the next morning, and I think we were just doing some steer roping, and the like we ran four stairs and like wrecked out two guys. I'm like, all right, I'm leaving. I'll just catch this later. Like apparently I put some voodoo on this. I'm good. But yeah, it's, it's, you've got that green grass, which is, it's cool. Like, I think it's a, it's a, it's a give and a take for the contestants because you, obviously you want to you care about your horses and, and every part of livestock and we all care about that, but it's just, you get on that grass or if it rains or you get some fog or some dew in there, everything's slick. And it was funny. We had rain like the Friday night. So Saturday and I was talking to Sage Kimsey and he's like, we got the safest event to going on today. We're in the dirt. I'm like, you know, he's got a point. I never thought bull riding would be the, the safest deal <laughs> the to safe go one, on. Right? But well, it felt odd. Sure, it, it, almost, it almost looked like it was in a baseball field. Just kind of some of the angles. It's like you got the infield and then you yeah. got the outfield. It was a weird combo of, of grass and dirt. I just... I don't doubt that they could have played baseball there or <laughs> I mean, it'd be cool to see like a soccer match or a rugby match oh, there. Oh yes, I think that'd yep. Be pretty, pretty awesome. That's yeah, a soccer pitch. That's right. Um, yeah. Is it unlike any other uh, venue you've been to? So far, there's really nothing like it. It's because <laughs> um, someone asked me about it, and I'm like, man. Usually, as a photographer, you're always kind of there's always this subconscious separation between you, a contestant, or mm-hmm. you and like event staff, but. When you're all on the grass trying not to get run over by horses or, you know, just trying not to die. You're like, all the like, same. It's the, you're, you're all the same. Like that bull or that horse doesn't care or yeah. that pickup man because they're not trying to, the pickup men aren't trying to kill anybody, but they for sure want to run someone over just a little bit. So, but yeah, we're all, at that moment, we're all the same. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, you said you're in Texas. Is that where you reside? Mm-hmm. I reside in Texas. We're coming up on three years in Texas, uh, originally from Virginia. Um, I was fortunate. I had a bunch of friends here, so it was kind of the easiest transition to a new state for that. I mean, I can imagine. So your, uh, was that because of the field you're in now because of the rodeo world or were there other oh, reasons? 
Well, I mean, part of it, you can always, as a guy, you can out punch your coverage in Texas for sure when it comes to the ladies. But um, yeah, everything was here. I like moved right to the, the center of it all. And if there's a rodeo every weekend or someone's roping or someone's, you know, everyone's practicing. Mm-hmm. You're in the, the hub of a lot of just rodeo contestants and stuff like that. So these next few weeks will be really cool. Like at Cowtown, a lot of the people are local and that arena is very similar to the size of Thompson back. So a lot of the qualifiers they'll be warming up horses or getting ready and just getting some reps on so it's a cool place to be <clears throat> before you did rodeo you uh according to some of the snooping around i did on you <laughs> um uh concerts were a big, uh, concerts, a big um, part of your uh world uh well, what genre like, or anything anything music anything like i go back to like music is 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 like the the big addiction in my life that and like rodeo or just life in general is an addiction and that i enjoy but like music is the soundtrack of my life this conversation will probably be the longest i'll go today without listening to music but is there a genre that works or that's best everything man like it's it's very much emotional like i went to a record store yesterday and i bought a Willie Nelson live record, a George Strait record, because if you can find a George Strait record that's not $100 nowadays, it's a win. <laughs> uh, yes, because my dad used to listen to Yes all the time, like in his set player, uh, The Supremes, and then uh, who was that other one? I can't think of it now. No, New Edition. So, like, it goes <laughs> okay. all over the spectrum. But Now, are you buying so. vinyl? Yes. All right. I am. I am. I started that the other day. It was, and I, I am one of those people that actually listens vinyl. They're not just decorations for the wall and stuff. <laughs> but I, I, I'm a kind of a an all in kind of guy. I'm a two quarter by two kind of guy. So I knew that when I start, I like raided my dad's stash, and and like from that, I pulled like at least 150, 200 oh, records. So fantastic. And it's just going, with, yeah, it's a bad addiction, but I enjoy it. <laughs> I guess there are worse things you could do. True. Yeah, absolutely. There, there are far worse things, but they they get heavy after a while. And they take up a lot of space. But yeah, shooting concerts. Um, if it was dangerous, I was interested in it. Like I did some skateboarding stuff. I shot paintball, mm-hmm. which obviously is tricky because there's stuff flying back at you. Yep. Um, but which actually it was funny. I I photographed paintball before I ever played paintball. So then when I started playing, guys were like, "You're really good." I'm like, "No, it's just I learned angles really quick." Yep. Which and it's very much a game of angles, and uh, that's that's where all that came from. So, has uh, photography been a uh, a career for you? Like, it as, is as far as like, monetarily, I mean, it, is that what you do for a living? That's that's what everything I do, um, and I do. I still do some design work. I'm mm-hmm. actually working on uh, the catalog for American Hat Company right now. But wow, um, I do some design work. But we uh, everything I do is related to a camera, pretty much now. What brand? Uh, I'm a Nikon guy. However, I teach. Okay, um, so I. <laughs> and thanks for coming on. We're done. I, think. <laughs> I have shot with Canon. Uh, I've done some whatever. stuff with Sony. It's like, like Ford and Chevy. Yeah. I mean, Coke, Pepsi. I mean, yeah. when you get twenty, thirty thousand $30,000 invested in a company, you're just like, yep. oh, yeah. it's your deal. And it's hard to switch over to another thing. And, uh, mirrorless uh, or non? Have you gone that route I shoot yet? both, actually. I, shot, I shoot both. What do you prefer? It's situational. I think right now with Nikon's mirrorless cameras, um, 
there's still it's this this and it's weird when you're looking at gear and when you're like i'm been in like a year hole now of like looking at cameras and figuring mm-hmm. out what's the next move and everyone's like trying to starting to put out put out their new flagship mirrorless bodies and this it's the little things that when you get to a level that you start to like okay does it how does it focus mm-hmm. that viewfinder like I, especially now with mirrorless viewfinders it tell you it's a big part yeah and you know how fast is it is there any lag um, because like with rodeo, a lot of times I'm, I like to talk and visit with people. So sometimes I'm talking and I hear a latch and I need to He's pull the camera jump, real yeah. fast. Yeah, I gotta go. So, um, and sometimes you're, you're reacting to a lot of things, but, um, a lot, I always try to, when I get a new piece of gear, I try to work it into mm-hmm. my, uh, workflow or just kind of how I'm shooting and kind of seeing what I like about it, what I don't like about it. I'm, I'm turning more over to the mirrorless, I think, uh, I like the color. I like the the speed of it. It's pretty good. Like I think when that viewfinder and the newer models kind of gets right there with mm-hmm. like a DSLR when you put it up and it's there, um, it'll be a tough tough deal to battle there. I like that it's quiet, so it's awesome for weddings or ceremonies yeah. where you don't want to. However, if you're shooting models, a lot of them key. To oh, off the absolutely. Yeah. So, you, you know, and if they can't hear it, you know, because it's <laughs> sometimes it's yep. really faint. Like I can barely hear it. The camera's on my face. Yeah. So I know it's hard for them to hear it, but uh, little things like that. But, and there's still, um, there's still some visual things I think the DSLRs have that are just, it's hard to describe. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, and people use all kinds of different words, milky or it's crisp or it's just a, just a visual look yeah. that, that is, what I like. So I go back and forth, um, but I definitely like both. And, well, and I, I like having big yeah. cameras that I can smack people aside the head with and get them out of my way. So. Exactly. You don't show up with an <laughs> iPhone. I'm here. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, uh, I, about a year and a half ago, I moved to Canon's mirrorless, the R series. Yeah. Um, I haven't gone to the R5 yet, mainly because of dollars, but I want to. Yeah. Um, but I still have the uh, 5D Mark IV in my bag. And I shot a wedding yeah. um, about two weeks ago and I pulled them both out. And I forgot mm-hmm. how much I really liked the the feel and the kind of the analogness mm-hmm. of that uh, DSLR. Yeah. And it was weird because I love the performance of the R, but I really yeah. liked the nostalgia of the 5D. And that, that was an interesting thing. There's a guy named James Quantz. He's a photographer in South Carolina, I think. Um, mm-hmm. Does a lot of sports and fast-moving stuff. Well, he's been Nikon forever, and he's got a YouTube mm-hmm. channel. And he recently, within the last year... Uh, trialed and then converted over to the R5 because, yeah. and his reason was the autofocus. He said it just doesn't, it doesn't fail. Yeah. And so I'm curious in your biz where you've got stuff that's just, I mean, those horses don't, okay, you got the shot. You ready? <laughs> yeah. Now go. Good. Uh, they're moving. Yeah. And you know, your, yeah. your ability or need to get focus on the right spot right there. How many shots do you burn at a rodeo? Well, it's weird. I shoot quite differently than a lot of people do. I'm, I'm not a, I, I, equipment and photography is definitely a tool. And, and I try to remember that. And I try not to, some people, it's funny. Like when I shot in Cheyenne, that's the first time I've been around 10, 12 people mm-hmm. shooting all at the same time. And <clears throat> I'm very in tune with how I shoot. And when I, when I did a lot of stuff with PBR, we shot a lot of stuff with strobes. So ah. you can't shoot as fast. <laughs> right as you as the, a lot of people can you have to really learn how to get in tune and in time with bucket horses and just any any part of it um so but it's also fun every now and then the machine gun it and like rip <laughs> at it a few times but <laughs> yeah. it's fun till you have to edit it yep you know or go back through those images so yep. it's kind of a give and take and it really just depends on the scenario sometimes i want to shoot a little faster mm-hmm. um 
it's funny, like in Cheyenne, when they incorporated breakaway rope in last year, um, and they kind of kept some of the same rules. Those girls have 30 seconds for when they go in the box to leave. Well, they have to leave so, within a time frame. Uh-huh. Do steer ropers like, have they, to do that? I, I think right now it's just the break, breakaway rope. And then I think it's all, I mean, kind of all rodeos. There is a little bit of a time limit. Like mm-hmm. a lot of people don't know. Uh, like the agreement, like for the NFR, the agreement that PRCA has with uh, Las Vegas events, they have to have that rodeo done by a certain time so people are back on the strip so ah. it is kind of one of more of the it's that's why the rodeo sometimes if you've been to a lot of different performances or stuff it's a little bit more sterile because mm-hmm. they do that rodeo in two hours right where you know and i was talking to like a world champion bareback guy he's like hey we have to we have to buck 15 horses in 12 minutes i'm like i'm sorry what how how, how do you <laughs> so from what he told me is like, and like their fines incorporated with it, but he's like, so when the guy nods, you, when they, you they hear the horn, <clears throat> when you hear the horn, you've got to, the next guy's got to have his hand in the rigging. And when the horse leaves, he's got to be sitting back, ready to go. That's why it moves that fast. And there's like, and if you take too long, they fine you for everything. So there's a lot of times guys leave with $33,000 in fines just from but wait a minute! Know, it's the it's the Cowboys' play. fault for being late. <laughs> it's production. It sometimes oh, oh, there's been riots and all kinds of stuff <laughs> about it. You know, I think Trevor Brazil had a big deal a couple of years ago because he had a steer or a calf that just wouldn't hold his head straight. But he pays the fines for it. But you know, you win a go around, it's twenty six grand, so well, it kind yeah. of evens out a little bit. But and and guys are like, hey man, sometimes I'm going to take this fine just so to make sure everything's right. Wow. <laughs> this part of the world no one ever knows that's crazy yeah but and you know and for us like we we don't if a photographer gets fined and some have it's usually because we're either in some place we're not supposed to be or we ran our mouth or something like that but i always tell people we are a part of the show we're not in the show so and that's the cool thing about penalty because now you're in the show right like, you have no choice <laughs> but you know you gotta run away yeah. from horses and stuff so so they'll they'll find you if you do something wrong like who, oh, yeah. is, is there like, like, yeah. like law enforcement want, or code enforcement? <laughs> <laughs> I think I think a lot of it is handled by like the judges in the arena and stuff like that and and things like that. But yeah, you any member can be fined. That is amazing. So then everyone's there. Well, they, everyone there is sanctioned. Then like everyone is correct. Every well, mostly <laughs> every person that's involved is supposed to be a either a person on a on their permit in the process of getting a card or a card holder mm. member of the professional rodeo cowboys association. Wow. And is it an invite only scenario? Like to, to go to events and photograph, do you have mm. to be invited or can you uh, solicit? Yes and no. So um, like for me this year, I've been hired by committees. I've been hired by uh, particular companies who may have athletes involved. I've been hired by uh, maybe a broadcast company or, uh, or a contestant, it really just depends. So you can be hired mm-hmm. by a bunch of different people. Um, the, I think more traditionally and more common, I think people are used to the committee hiring a specific photographer to shoot. But um, you can't get you can't get everything by yourself. So it's always good to have multiple photographers there, but you don't want to oversaturate it sometimes. But there's a, there's a bunch of different ways you can get there. But, you know, um, and there's also people who are shooting on assignment, local newspaper people or mm-hmm. just people in the area. So, um, and obviously you want to get them access to, but 
like certain things like being on the grass or being on the dirt is supposed to be reserved for PRCA photographers. So now on the, the into the weeds a little bit, as far as licensing yeah. and stuff goes for those images do, because you're there sanctioned technically by them, do they get mm-hmm. access to everything you shoot or is that all negotiated after the fact? It's a little bit negotiated. Um, obviously, as a PRC member, you can send in images, and if they use your images, they you are compensated mm-hmm. for them. Um, but for overall, you hold the license. How did you come about your your name, Click Thompson? I needed I needed a URL for a website. Like I was obviously doing graphic design. I was that came about in ooh. 2008, 2009, I was like, we were in the middle of, so my curriculum and my undergrad was very, it was scattered all over the place. It wasn't as refined as it is now. And so we went over web design, we looked at animation, we looked at photography, Mm -hmm. we, you know, bounced around, which is good because it kind of allows you to sample some other stuff and figure out kind of more of your direction. But there's a lot of Christopher Thompson's in the world. So <laughs> I went with click, like, like I was thinking like those old school AOL deals, and, you know, all those trigger words, so that, and then, so like click Thompson, that's easy. Click here. Like I'm the only Thompson on the planet, but it stuck. Like it became this thing. And um, now people don't even know my real name. Like I, I took Christopher off my IG handle. It's just, it's just click. So they don't even see my real name, but it is funny. Like you go to Starbucks with somebody and they hear Christopher like, what? Yeah. It's, <laughs> That's the real name. Sorry, you didn't know. But, right. But yeah, it's um, taken over. It's, that's awesome. Do you, uh, is this kind of your, are, are you in the zone? Like, this is where you want to be? This is the thing you want to do? Yeah, I mean, and I always find um, ways to be creative outside of what I do. Um, obviously, I'm big into music, and I play a little bit of guitar and bass guitar, and then I uh, recently last year I got denim jackets, which is a weird thing that I pe- picked up. I don't advertise it a lot because it'll turn into a job if you I dye get them? too good at it. Yeah, so I will, uh, um, and I'll send you some pictures later. But <laughs> so I, it was I went home to Virginia last year, right after the NFR, and and I got last year's whole deal was denim. Like I was, and I've never been a person that wore a lot of denim. Like obviously I had jeans, but I never got into the weeds of it. And, you know, so then it turned into this monster of a thing where I would be looking at, you know, different selvage denims, like all kinds of how it's stitched, the colors, the whole deal. And I found this white denim jacket on eBay. Thought it was kind of cool. And then I saw another one. I'm like, hmm, I can get that and like dye it. I don't know where the arts and crafts deal came from out of that. But so I dyed it this green color. And then I was like, man, that's pretty cool. And it's a cool jacket because every time someone sees it, they're like, I've never seen that before. You know, that's, is that green? So then it became this thing of me like digging through <laughs> denim, de- different denim jackets and dyeing them. And I've done something <laughs> for people. And so, yeah, I have, a, I've done a whole bunch of different colors and stuff, but it's a cool little fashion piece that's mm-hmm. different and breaks it up. And, you know, so it's cool. Wow. <laughs> do you ride horses? <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. We do a little riding horses. Usually I, I, uh, <laughs> Uh, if I'm hanging out with Dale Brisby or someone, we're goofing off. We'll, we'll ride a little bit of horses if we go to like a, if I'm shooting a branding or just something where you need to move a long distance. But uh, hopefully we'll do it a little bit more. Oh, um, okay. You said hang out with Dale Brisby. You hang out with that guy? I do. <laughs> I, I shoot some stuff for Dale and known him actually for several years now. And, uh, um, you know, before the Netflix and the whole deal and got to know that whole crew and 
I've helped sell stuff at his booth before yeah. and just, you know, so that's some place you can find me sometimes. Okay. So here's, but here's the real question. He, he, I, I thought uh-huh. about reaching out to him for an interview. It'd be fascinating. Um, how real yeah. is he? Is he straight up real rancher? Well, so, so, <laughs> oh yeah. Like every, everything you see, like, yeah. Cause if you don't like a lot of that stuff, if you don't know what you're doing, you can hurt yourself. Well, you I really wondered that like watching some with... of that stuff in, in the ring. I was like, you know what? Or the arena. It's like, yeah, this is, someone knows what's up yeah. or, cause they're not dead. Yeah. Right. Like yeah, fighting bulls or riding bucket horses or all that stuff like ranching, like mm-hmm. he's legit. Um, a thing a lot of people don't see that I get to see, which is pretty cool is how uh, quiet and cerebral he really is. Really? And, and he's, he's always, and I've told him this, he's always kind of, he can keep to himself sometimes, but he's always observing. And I think that also goes to his success and like his videos and the mm-hmm. Netflix stuff that he's always looking for that next uh, creative moment and, or what we should document. Or, and he's really ahead of him, ahead of that. And like, he's, keeps track of what things, how things are moving or, and there've been times that I'll shoot some, like I'll be at the, at the ranch and I'll see something, I'll take some pictures and he'll, he'll notice that I saw what he saw and like, we'll talk about <laughs> That's it. Cool. Yeah. Very, very cerebral. Very, you know, can keep to himself sometimes when it's not the sh- when the show's time's not going on. But mm-hmm. oh yeah, that's very cool. He's legit. Wow. Well, it, it it's kind of a humorous show. I started it the other day. Actually, we, yeah. you shared it recently on your Instagram story. I think. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, all right, I'll look and see what it was. And then our governor, Christy <laughs> Nome, actually shared your post, which I thought was kind of fascinating. Um, really? Yeah. And so I was like, interesting. So she follows you, a uh, big rodeo uh, lady out here. Um, <clears throat> but it was fascinating because at first I was like, ah, you know, this, this feels really typical joke, you know, mm-hmm. but, but then as you start, you know, watching it and it, yeah. some of the stuff they do, yeah, it's humor, it's funny, <clears throat> but it's, I mean, it's, it's dangerous. What they're doing will get you hurt. Right. <laughs> so kind of yeah, that, that whole crew is is just fun to be around it's it's, it's a good time but it's first like yeah you ha- i mean the first time i went over there to like take pictures for them we, we sat up horses and we went to, to push cows and practice before the show even came along oh, just cool. so they kind of would know what yeah. was, you know so that, that was a cool moment for me too that's very cool <laughs> all right i was digging around your website and you have a tab on there called thoughts yeah and it, uh, it it's old. I mean, it's it's over a year old yeah. now. The one that's up there. Uh, but one of yeah. the the uh, pieces you said really kind of fascinated me because I've I've been a live sound engineer for concerts for most of my life as I have grown up in church running sound and I still do that mm-hmm. regularly. But as a as a young adult in Oregon when I lived out there, uh, I ran mm-hmm. front of house for a friend of mine's production company a lot. And so you know we did a lot of yeah. in and out big shows, nothing huge, um, like nationally but um i got got to be in that world a bit <clears throat> and you mm-hmm. talk about mosh pits a little bit uh and yeah the uh the, the number one rule in a mosh pit and then you likened it to yeah. uh society can you break that down just a little yeah. bit yeah that was um i did when i shot concerts and lord willing i'll get to do a lot more i talked to actually message back and forth with todd O'Young, who's a big concert photographer out of new york and i i think both he and his brother follow me and we follow each other back and they're awesome and they've been really good influences for me but um yeah the rule in the mosh pit is someone falls pick them up like it's it's very uh it's it at visual like i'm observing it it's it's very uh, hostile environment but uh 
it's a it's a lot for a lot of people it's therapy for a lot of people it's a moment where they can kind of push aside a lot of the things they have going on in their day-to-day lives and it just kind of helps them get through but when someone falls we uh, the rule is pick them up man you don't want to hurt anybody in there but and sometimes it gets a little gnarly and guys get a little out of hand and some of the girls get out of hand too. But, um, but I think that's a good way we should look at society too. Like, man, if you see someone falling or I've always been trying a person of encouragement and positivity and picking people up. And, um, I, a lot of people, I've always told people like, I have a little bit of a platform now and five minutes, you never know what it's going to do for somebody. Mm-hmm. So if someone just comes up to you and says, hi, how you doing? And, you know, I, I was talking, I met a guy in Salinas, like in the beverage line. And he's like, Hey man, I'm a fan. His name's Carson. He's like, I'm a fan. I love your stuff. And like, he was kind of walking away and I'm like, Oh, Hey, like give me your Instagram. I'm like, I'll follow you back. Well, you know, if you need That's anything, cool. we'll chat. And then at the end, he's just like, man, thanks for just being cool. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, that's, I mean, I know there's a lot of people in uh, all across the industry or all across walks of life that, but as they say, don't, don't, don't meet your heroes, but um, <laughs> I think you should <laughs> relish the opportunity of someone like, I never thought in my wildest dreams that someone from another state would know who I was or recognize me or mm-hmm. like my work or like, I've had people say some of the coolest things and I'm at the end of the day, I'm just a photographer. Right. Like in a case, <laughs> I mean, I just talk a little bit and I've been on a few podcasts, but definitely encourage people. You see someone fall and pick them up, man, you know? Um, I had a friend last year commit suicide and, and I told one of my buddies who was a mutual friend, like we had a cool conversation the other night and like I drove off and then like, as he's getting in his truck, I put it in reverse and I said, Hey man, if you got anything going on, freaking tell me hmm. like, you know, because yeah. a lot of times we don't check in on our friends and we right. don't, you know, or just people on the street. So absolutely. You see someone falling or they're tripping or then help them pick them up. I've noticed over the last Almost a year, I, I expanded this podcast to be uh, anyone that I is doing things that I'm interested in uh, and that will mm-hmm. <laughs> will come on. Um, and it's am- <laughs> it's amazing how many people who I have looked up to in the mm-hmm. photography world and the design world, heck, in the in the music world. Um, the guy who invented mm-hmm. these microphones, Bob Heil, he graciously yeah. he's like, sure, when do you want to come on? So I talked to him for a while. Um, I had the the pleasure just a couple months ago to get Bob Tallman. I mean, he's like my yeah. idol as a little kid. I mean, he was the guy on horseback calling rodeos when I was little yeah. and I just talked to him the other day on the phone, just about an event we yeah. want to do in a couple of weeks. And it's just wild. And then, you know, then having you have that connection, what mm-hmm. I find is these people that we observe from afar and kind of hold up yeah. <clears throat> are people. They're they're normal. Yeah. I mean, there, there's nothing special, and not, not not to be mean at all, but there's nothing like better uh, mm-hmm. about. They're just people, and it's you know they happen to have different connections, and um, some have phenomenal gifts and talents that they uh, get to yeah. utilize every day. Um, but what I love about it is almost everyone that I've talked to. Well, actually, yeah. I think everyone that I've talked to, as I think back on it, um, they are the most humble. Just down to earth people. And it's really encouraging because not everyone, you know, we tend the media tells us, you know, yeah, you know, you have to raise these celebrities up and all this stuff, but that's really not, Mm -hmm. it's not it. So we are all humans. Mm -hmm. And I I like the idea of just being there for each Mm -hmm. other. I, uh, 
Yeah, I mean, and that was something I learned from shooting concerts. And, and I, I found that the best thing you can do if you meet someone is just treat them like a person. Because a lot of times that's so refreshing mm. for them. Mm-hmm. Like when when you see a celebrity, try your best not to fan out. <laughs> like just be like, try right. to be a normal person yeah. and be like, hey, man. Or like I, I met, I've met guys and like, hey, you want to get a picture? I'm like, no, man, I just wanted to say hi and told you I enjoyed your work and stuff like that. And they're like, yeah, that was, it's just it's <laughs> not what they're used to hearing. Right. So. You know, um, and 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 someone who photographs for a living and takes pictures, I'm a firm believer that some things just need to be reserved for memory. And the fact that you Ooh, can reflect hard. on it. And, that's hard. You, you know, it's yeah. it's and I see like you'll go outside and you'll see certain things or you'll be driving down the road. And if I stopped every time I saw something that looked <laughs> cool on the side of the road, right. I'd never get yeah. anywhere. Mm-hmm. But and and and, you know, as a photographer, a lot of times you see stuff. And you just can't get it. You can't get it right in the camera. Mm-hmm. Like the way you saw it, mm-hmm. you just can't get it. And sometimes it's like, you know what? I saw this sunset the other day and the light hit the, the tree, the top of these trees. And it was this beautiful orange color and it was gorgeous. And I didn't turn around to photograph it, <laughs> but I will always remember it. Yeah. And and sometimes some of those moments just need to be. And that was that's the cool thing about rodeo is um a lot of so many things and you know from like listening to bob so many things are stories and and, and legacy and, and legend yeah you know he, he you know like i mean no need for as bob said <laughs> no need for the facts to get in the way of a good story right. but, you know that's yep. the the beauty of it yeah and, and it is it's a word picture and those guys are i mean people that can do that are are, are phenomenal and they they are that was like yeah yeah they're that, what's that going to keep that, that, that history going. That's what made me, I think, gravitate towards rodeo is I got to know some announcers mm-hmm. early on. And rodeo announcers are probably some of the best storytellers you will ever meet, like in your life, or just people kind of in the business in general, because there have been times I was working, I used to take pictures for the Department of Defense and I photographed soldiers and, you know, help soldiers get promoted. And then I'd get a phone call from like my buddy and he's in his yard trying to catch this cow and he's like <laughs> under a trailer somewhere and i'm like god i would give anything to be right there where yep. you are right now instead of sitting at this desk <laughs> right but that that's the beauty uh, that was that was awesome and that's kind of what brought me along the story mm-hmm. you know uh what did COVID do for uh the rodeo world and from your perspective or no, let me rephrase that. What what did the yeah. response to COVID do? I'll answer both parts of your okay. question. Um, COVID uh, did two cool things. I think for the rodeo industry, I think it did challenges overall. I think what I and what I used to say was COVID, um, because I think especially last year we were in a big heavy social moment Mm -hmm. and how we interact with each other and things like that and i think covid caused us to take a core sample of society Mm -hmm. and and a lot of those things that were pushed on the rug or a lot of those things that maybe we've been ignoring about ourselves personally about about relationships or just how we interact as humans that got kind of pushed on the rug it kind of brought it back to the surface and we saw you know we saw some of our ugliness um as people and 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 so we realized that it it kind of forced some of us to take a moment and like realize, whoa, man, man, we're not as good as we thought we were, or you know, we're not as prepared as we thought we were. And uh, <clears throat> but the good thing I think for me or any I think 
I, and I said this a bunch, like for creatives, that moment of, of stoppage or mm -hmm. rest or, you know, that's the time when you, the brainstorming needs to start because when this the, the train gets back on the tracks, man, you're going to be way ahead of everyone else that's just sitting here not doing anything. <clears throat> yeah. Like, I mean, that's when I, you know, I dyed more jackets and that's when I started. So, and it's funny that you mentioned the thoughts thing. That's actually coming back. But I started another Instagram page called Click the Artist. And it does, it's A-R-T-I-S. Artist is actually my mother's main name. So it just kind of worked <laughs> out. <cool>. But <laughs> but that's where a lot of my mm -hmm. like thoughts and stuff like that. And, and, and it'll be cool because it's a good place that I can have some more unedited thoughts or, or like over my mm -hmm. imagery and things like that. But um, it, yeah, it allowed for us to be creative. And, and I've always like when I used to teach um, before, and you've probably seen that I've done some clinics, but I used to teach uh, at my old alma mater, Virginia State University, when I was getting my master's online. <laughs> and the class I always wanted to like create was Craftiness 101. Like good artists, good creatives, they just get her done. And you have to figure like sometimes it's like you a lot of times you're going to be presented with scenarios that don't work. Mm -hmm. COVID-19, you know, oh, maybe I have to work from home or maybe I, you know, I don't have access or as close access as I would like or, like the American this year, we had we were all in one spot, which was a hundred miles away from where all the rodeo action was. <laughs> so everyone's showing up with like these telescopes and these giant lenses. But uh, like, how can we? How can I be different? How can I, you know, how can I make my image look different from the dude that's right beside me? Mm -hmm. So I had to get crafty. You had to figure out, you know, maybe it's something you do in post, or just maybe it's just a different lens, or you rent something that you know no one else has got, yeah, just so you can get a different shot. Um, but yeah, that's always that's what I hope a lot of people learn from the last period. And especially in rodeo is how can we be crafty? How can we be uh, revolutionary? How can we be up with the times? I think the cool thing about rodeo is I akin a lot to Japanese culture, Japan and Japanese culture is very holds very true to their tradition, but they're so far ahead of the game technology and, 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 and a lot of things, but they've always seemed to find that balance. And I think that is, would be a good future path for rodeos. Like we can, our tradition is and our history is important like you can't know where you're going if you don't know where you came from but like there's so many new ways that we can present what we do um to a whole new demographic of people um and but also present it and educate because i think a lot of times people who maybe turn their noses up about rodeo or cowboy culture or anything associated with it are just not educated um but and we should relish those opportunities to go hey no, this is what a flank mm -hmm. strap is. Mm -hmm. And this is how it works. And hey, no, we don't kill this horse because this is how valuable this horse actually is. Mm -hmm. You know, um, but, and I think when we, when we didn't have rodeos going on and, and we still don't have as many as we used to, we can use these times to work on those things to educate and bring new people in and show people our life. And, you know, I mean, I, my life is incredible. I mean, I am supremely blessed to say that, I mean, I got to be on, I got to go to Oregon for the first time this year or the first time I got to go to California as an adult mm. or, you know, so, and I got to watch it be minus degrees in Texas this year, <laughs> which sounds, right. it was awful in the moment. I mean, it was really yeah. bad for me because I grew up with ice, mm. but you know, that has all been due to a, the camera, mm -hmm. well, God first, you know, me and the camera and then just my ability to, you know, a camera has taken me to a whole bunch of different cool places and allowed me 10 years ago to be a fan. And now 
yeah, you know, but, achieve the national finals. Uh, uh, but it's you're right. The camera, however, a machine could figure out how to work the camera. True. It, it's your ability to take what's in your head and use the tool to then create yeah. that on paper, and that I think, or at the screen nowadays. That, I think, yeah. is the difference. And that's one thing I try to tell young photographers that want to get in the game. You know, mm-hmm. the best thing is, you know, like you said, being at that one rodeo where you're all in the same spot. Um, mm-hmm. Sure. you. I mean, you could very easily auto push a button. Yep, you're going to get the same look. But the goal is to mm-hmm. be creative. And how mm-hmm. much of that is uh, dedicated or really is because of uh, a work ethic? Oh, I, it is, um, and it's funny when I do these clinics, I have a lot of young photographers that I kind of, now I'm doing this take people under the wing thing. And it is, it's, it is, it's awesome because you get to be the big bear for, for people. But, um, and sometimes it's, it's the, it's, it's the greatest and worst decision you can ever make sometimes trying to mold a young mind, but, (laughs) um, work ethic is everything, like, do the stuff. I think Matt Fraser says that he's a five-time CrossFit champion. You know, mm-hmm. I'm going to do the thing today that the people can't do tomorrow. Like, you know, that, like, cause it'll show mm-hmm. like, and that's the thing that's always attracted me to like Western sports or like, yes, there's politics. Yes. There's things you gotta, you gotta navigate and play the game of Thrones and the whole deal. But eventually if you work hard and you're dedicated, you will be rewarded mm-hmm. like without, without a doubt. And people see that you never know. Like I, I, especially these last couple of years, I have been blown away by the amount of people that I realized were watching that, you know, they may not follow you. Yeah. They may not, you know, have any connection to you on social media, but they, they see you That's cool. and they check in. And, but yeah. Um, yeah. You don't need the, the, the most of the brand new equipment. You don't need the, Think about any, and I, and I have a kin to camera equipment now, kind of a little bit to like guitars. Hmm. Look at look at John Mayer, look at B.B. King, look at Gary Clark Jr. They're all playing guitars that are sometimes older than them. Yep. So what that clearly, it's not just, like as you said, it's not just the camera. It's mm-hmm. not just the machine. It has, you know, it is definitely the person as well. But you have to always work on refining yourself. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I tell, I have great, equipment and awesome cameras but it does not eliminate my ability to take a bad picture <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> so you know but i, I mean i'm always working mm-hmm. to make a new image and and i tell people like now I, i'm fortunate i'm in a spot now where if i get to a rodeo and i make one portfolio worthy image then i'm happy you're good yep you know there's a lot of good ones but you know there's you're always searching for that one that's no one's ever seen before mm-hmm. or you know you've never seen before right? right well a lot of that is the i mean the athletes you know, both the animal yeah. and the rider. I mean, I, I didn't until just recently in the last couple of years and started focusing on it, realize how yeah. much training goes into making these animals perform. And it is a straight up yeah. performance um, properly. And they're, they're maintained yeah. better than a lot of people are. Uh, and, you know, they're just they're yeah. taken care of fantastically and they perform. Yeah. Uh, but but then, you know, thinking mm-hmm. of work ethic, is that part of the appeal to the rodeo lifestyle a little bit is the fact that, yeah, they get eight seconds, you know, to kind of show off. But the reality is, you know, I, I follow Jess Lockwood, um, mm-hmm. big time bull rider, uh, young kid, but yeah. big time. He was born when I was graduated high school. Um, <laughs> he, uh, uh, you know, right. w- watching his life, he's on bulls all the time. Not, mm-hmm. not in a big show, 
but just so he can actually do the big show. And that is dedication that, you know, I guess some athletes in the basketball, baseball, football world have that as well. But you think that's part of the appeal to the rodeo lifestyle is the clear dedication to what they do every day? Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, and um, I think with any sport or performance act, there's so much that goes in that people don't see, you know. Um, and I, I even to, like, with uh, with my work, but uh, it wasn't until recently, like, with, like, I think bareback riding is probably one of the hardest I think for a newcomer to understand how scoring works, mm. but, and then when I would listen to, and it might've been Bob or someone talking about how certain guys can get more out of a horse mm-hmm. or, you know, they can make, they can make a horse look better. They can make a horse buck better. I'm like, you can make a horse buck better. Like how, how does that, you know, but certain guys know how to communicate while they're riding to make that horse do more. Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay, that's <laughs> right. weird. But, um, <laughs> You know, but that's those are the things you learn behind the scenes. Um, I interviewed Cody Webster uh, and, and Dusty Tuckness a while back during Cheyenne, and I asked him what's the most un- underrated rodeo. And Cody Webster said the practice pen. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's nailed it. Yep. You know, because when you're there, when the show's happening, it's it's you're just playing. You're just you're not thinking about it you're not working on anything that's not the place to go work on stuff like and i'll see photographers like for me when you're shooting like doing the job that's not when you need to be trying to figure stuff out. <laughs> right <laughs> yeah you know now of course you can go shoot and put yourself in maybe a higher pressure situation so you can kind of f- learn from your camera or learn you know learn new things and i encourage people to do that all the time like man if you got an opportunity to shoot a rodeo that moves pretty fast and you're not used to shoot rodeos that move fast production wise do it mm-hmm. like if it's a no pressure situation like you don't have to get the shot at the end of the day go do it because you need to experience that and it's the same thing of progressing guys to like rough stock if you're a young kid and you've never got on a, a, a time you're in that like middle stage of progressing to a new bull or that next level of the mm-hmm. real deal every now and then you need to kind of test yourself to see where you are and learn from that moment and then because sometimes you are ready sometimes you think you are but you're not you know um <laughs> And, um, and even like people see that photograph that we take, um, but they don't realize the hours, especially of mental time yeah. that goes invested into creating that picture. You mm-hmm. know? Um, and I, and I thought, I mean, I've done like a bullfight in Florida one time and I thought about that building and how I'm going to light it for two weeks before <laughs> I even get there. And so I make a good picture. Like, oh, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, he's just taking pictures. Like, no, I've been yeah, thinking about right. that picture for months, mm-hmm. you know? So. But, and that's the, it's, I think, yeah, just with rodeo and sports, you know, if you can, when you start to see people's, they've been working on stuff. And you, a lot of times we notice that like uh, preseason stuff, and, oh, this person's gotten better at something and you can see it. Or this person, you know, they look stronger or they're more fit or, you know, oh man, they look good. Yeah. That's, that's the cool stuff for sure. You ever do video or just stills? Take a video, like there's certain projects that I have in my head or like that I'm thinking about that are cool. Like there's one that project that I want to kind of do with like music and, and I may even pick your brain about it, kind of doing like some uh, uh, like single shot uh, performance videos, like acoustic folks around mm-hmm. here. Cause a built, cool thing about this area is obviously there's a lot of rodeo contestants and cowboys, but Texas music is, I mean, it's a plethora. Yeah. I mean, and there's all different genres. Like I'm going to 
off the city limits next weekend. So oh, whatever. There's all kinds of you know. <laughs> lame. Like, I know. That's but, awesome. Though. How cool. Anyway. Yeah. But you know, that was kind of like give myself a weekend to like see something different. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, but that also subconsciously will help me because then I'll see stuff visually that maybe I haven't seen before mm-hmm. and I can incorporate that into my work. Yeah. Um, you know, so there's there's always, especially for visual people, there's always an opportunity to see something that you haven't seen before and you can incorporate that into your work. Totally. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, what's the craziest thing you ever <clears throat> saw happen in front of your camera? <laughs> oh, man. I don't know what cool. The coolest, I can give you the, the coolest, okay. cra- well, there's are some crazy things. Like, well, I used to shoot like uh, ice speedway, which is like guys in like a, on a hockey rink and they'd mm-hmm. make like a track, a circle track and guys would put studs and stuff in their dirt bikes and ATVs and race them in circles. <laughs> and I've seen people get wrecked. I mean, that was cool. Like, and that's a whole nother subgenre mm-hmm. and like a cult of people. And it, it's cool to see that. Um, one, once one photographer guy kind of got a little too close and he got wrecked out and you see like camera gear sliding across the view and stuff, but, um, I got, I took my dad to, uh, first bull ride I never took him to is actually the, the one I got knocked off a panel into like a pile of mud, like 10 feet in front of him. So he got to watch me fall six feet out of the air with a camera and everything. And oh man. That, that was pretty, pretty rank. Uh, signature kind of moment photo wise uh when and it was just a cool like i it was funny i cried well there was two moments that kind of happened together there was it was at the pbr finals in 2019 chad Berger won bull of the year with this bull called us smooth operator and that mm-hmm. bull at the time was like 12 he's still bucking down yeah and like i know some of the owners that partner with him on the bull and i'm like they it's been you know whether it was bruiser or it was like it was or um or some of the other bulls have been kind of at the top of the tier. Just that bull would always be like second or third. And he finally won it. And, I, and I'm kind of shooting behind the scenes and I'm looking up at Chad and you can see him like really emotional. And I kind of got a little emotional. And then it wasn't two bulls later. It was Jose Vitor LeMay and then Jess Lockwood. And Jose has to ride to, win, to even have a chance at <laughs> the world title. And he bucks off. And you can see he's like distraught. But he comes up and like, Climbs up on the bucket sheets and shakes Jess's hand before he gets on the bull. And it was like the coolest really? <laughs> signature moment. Like it's so much class, mm-hmm. but it's like, and I was right there to like <laughs> get it. And you can see it. And you're like, and, you, and, then, and that's the cool thing, you know, like when you, that's the cool thing about photography. It's like those certain moments mm-hmm. that you can capture and you're like, I'm the only person that right. got it. Yeah. And like, <laughs> you and can't you know, stage that. that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you can't just not stage. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, yeah to be there and that's something i always want to show with my work is show my access and show that you know i'm i'm, I'm a part of it mm-hmm. because you know you can you can easily get pushed out i think as a media person because some people they're only focused on their deal and they don't really care so much about you know media and all that but we have an important role and you know if there's no images if there's no video then it's just hearsay it's no proof that it happened so yeah you have a you got a big responsibility there. What are your thoughts on um, documenting history as it's happening, and the and, and the importance of what we do, especially, especially like in your case, you, you do a lot of live stuff, so stuff that won't happen again. Yeah. How important is that for history? 
I think you owe, um, going back to working hard, you, you owe it to yourself mm-hmm. and you owe it to history to do the best you can do and be as, as prepared as you can to, to, because it's cool. Like we've, we've been to all kinds of museums and stuff and it's cool to see cool old photos that are okay. Yeah. But wouldn't it be better if that was like an awesome yes. picture yes, it would. of like a historical moment? <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, so like, and that's what I would encourage any person that's doing stuff like documenting a live event or just capturing history. Like you owe it to yourself and you owe it to history to be, because that like, says a lot of times that image is going to get used again. And if it's tied to you, you want it to, you know, be a good mm-hmm. representation of your of yourself as well. Um, so it, it's it's an honor. It's the same thing with like when I photograph soldiers. Like what I did, if people don't know, I've basically worked mainly as a DA photographer, but we shot change commands, which was historical. We shot uh, promotion ceremonies, all that. Um, but one of the main photos I did, I took a Department of the Army photo, which is a photo of a soldier. And that is their physical representation of them when they go to a board. So once you reach a certain rank, you don't stand in front of like an actual review board. It's just your picture and your really? record. And that picture is the only thing they see. You know, so if you're up there looking a hot mess, <laughs> your awards aren't straight, yeah. all that stuff. Yeah, we're not going to promote you. Hmm. So, um, and I realized that I sat in on like a little, it was like a trial competition. And I sat in a board where, and they had a guy walk up and, and I'm watching the review board, like look at him. And they're like, staring over the desk and watching like how he moves his feet when he stands at attention and how he walks i'm like dang the photo i take is really important because that's got to fill in all those holes mm-hmm. you know when you say you're this you're this height and weight and you're this body percentage and this is what you've done in your career and you've been overseas here and these are the awards you received like all that's got to be on point wow because that determines whether you stay in the military sometimes or whether you retire <laughs> so you know and so you're documenting history. Like, I mean, I've been fortunate where we were in Virginia. We we're like maybe three hours south of the Pentagon in D.C. So we obviously had a lot of big wigs come to the deal. And and you're capturing. I remember we had a four star, a guy get promoted to four star. And then they did the change command for our commanding general there at Fort Eustis in Virginia. And uh, Mark was no General Oriano was the chief of the army, not Mark Milley, who I've met him as well which is cool. But his aide literally walks up to me and goes, hey, I need all these pictures by the end of the day. Like, and oh. it's not like, and I'm going to take a thousand pictures uh-huh. and now I've got to figure out how I'm going to email this guy right. all these photos because like every picture I take is historical reference records. Wow. But, and, and it could be a picture of the floor from my hand, my mm-hmm. camera just hits my <laughs> hip or something. But like, so and I don't have time to be going through and adjusting and doing, you know, throwing all these filters on it and smoothing people out. Like what it is is what mm-hmm. it is. So, you know, uh, yeah, you gotta, you owe it to yourself to be on point and you'll appreciate it and you'll be thankful that you were. Wow. So did you serve in this, in the military? I did not. Well, it's funny when you do it that long, you feel like you serve, but um, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I did that for six years. My dad was in the Navy. I was actually born in Japan. So that's okay. the weird side of that story. But um, but I've kind of, and my mom's always worked out of usually at some military installation. Mm-hmm. So I've always been around it. Um, but yeah, I did that for six years. And that was my last full-time job before I moved to Texas to be a cowboy. So is, is it, a, it seems interesting that they would have that as an outsider, <laughs> as a civilian. Wouldn't that be an internal job? 
they, and it was weird how the money went. Like sometimes okay. on like your your two, three, four and star generals, they had their for sure their personal photographers. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but a lot of those change commands and stuff, like usually uh, certain organizations as far as in the military, they have their PR people or their media relations people. Um, but we were a big multimedia office and we did uh, obviously we did a lot of video productions because we did SOPs as for standard operating procedures for all the people who don't know all those <laughs> acronyms and stuff. But um, that's the funny thing about the military is you, that's what they give you all these acronyms that you know that no one else knows. And then you try to remember that, oh, I can't spew that to a regular right. person. Right. But um, but we printed targets. Like I've posed as like various different like African soldiers. So Navy SEALs are shooting really? some version of me. <laughs> yeah. We, you know, we printed targets. We, we obviously we did the ceremonies, all those kind of things we've worked on. Uh, a couple of years ago, they were introducing a new uh I guess, training and fitness program for the military, for the army. Mm-hmm. And we were the guys, like our office was responsible for shooting all the videos that showed how every exercise worked. Wow. I did I did all the stills for it. Mm-hmm. Like, so, and that's the new kind of standard operating procedure on how soldiers are supposed to work out, this, that, and the other, you know, fitness, what are the requirements? And you're like, and it was a long two month process of doing all that content, but cool to say that i was involved that in that. Very cool, but, yeah. i've met the sur- surgeon general and all kinds of different stuff but uh yeah it's i think sometimes having contractors do it, it's a little bit more cost effective but it depends wow who knew that's crazy <laughs> there's there's a lot in here but yeah <laughs> um How do you see society has changed over the last, well, I mean, two years, 18 months, you know, really, because we've kind of changed how we look at each other in society um, in multiple ways. Where do you see that? Mm -hmm. Do you see that as a positive in the bigger picture? Um, Did it show, um, you know, because earlier you kind of talked that COVID kind of exposed some of the the dark that still exists. yeah. Did it show a disunity or maybe a, a unity that we no one knew about? I think it showed. Uh, I think it helped people realize that more of us are in the middle mm. than than I think there is very there is power and there is money in division. But I think there's a certain point when people realize like, oh, that person looks different than me, but they think the same way. Like I just yeah. want to be able to go somewhere and have it have dinner and not you know it's yep. it was it's a it you know i think the uh degrees of uh extremes are more exposed i think there's people over here there's people over there and then everyone really oh like 85 percent of us are all kind of normal people and want the normal <laughs> <Right>. thing you know <laughs> we you know but we we we're, we're trying to snap out of the matrix a little bit and mm-hmm. realize that oh no i i just think like a normal person um I think it is uh, the more we become comfortable with being uncomfortable, I think it will help us, especially Ooh. in America. I yeah. think we, we struggle with that for sure. Um, and, and just, man, it's not, the goal is not to be right and someone else be wrong. The goal is just to kind of, we're in this together, guys. Sorry. Like, I ain't <laughs> very, but, you know, like, I mean, it's, we're, we're, 
we're all let's let's be homies. There's far more. You, there's why well, have enemies when you can have friends. How much do you think it's driven just solely by media and their quest for ratings and advertiser dollars? All the money, man. <laughs> it's <laughs> look, man. We all gotta we all gotta make money. I get it. You know, <laughs> right. like I think Dave, Dave Chappelle said said it years ago. I've done ads for Coke and Pepsi. Pepsi paid me most recently, so it tastes better. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, like I get it. Like I just follow the money for sure. I mean, and and it's you know it's a cool thing. And I was talking to a photographer about the other day. We had lunch. Like social media and algorithms are so in like incredibly powerful now. Like like TikTok's incredible. Like if you ever like get on TikTok and you like three, four, or five videos. The next day, that's all the stuff you see. Mm. Like it totally cancels out all the other things that you might be interested in, and that's all that you see. And the same thing happens with like YouTube. You watch a Joe Rogan podcast, five minutes, you're gonna see Joe Rogan stuff for the next month, and you might have just been mm-hmm. curious, but now mm-hmm. you can't get them, right. get them away right. from you. You know. So should and, you, so. the social medias were just uh, drug up to Capitol Hill again recently to mm-hmm. uh, mainly Facebook to. Uh, justify Instagram for kids and apparently prove that it wasn't bad or it was bad or whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I was talking to my wife this morning about that. Um, It seems that if Congress wants to pull these executives, now I'm not saying they don't have a part to play, Mm -hmm. but does it then potentially, it's like, are they trying to absolve parenting? having any responsibility in what your kids do? Have we lost yeah, some of you, that? <laughs> At the end of the day, it is parents' responsibility. <laughs> like, it is, like, it is, it is not, it's like, sorry, it is not the government's job to raise your child. It is, like, you did the deal, whatever you want to say happened, you have introduced a new person on this planet. It is your job to not <laughs> right. make a trash person. <laughs> like, and if you and it's okay if you can't do it, freaking tell someone Absolutely. you can't do it so someone else can do a better job. Yep. But yeah, you know, but you know, it, it is your job to, you know, make good people and you know, and to be a parent. It's not your job to be their friend, it's your job to be their parent because they'll always have friends. Like, and you can be <laughs> friends later on down the road when you're like, oh yeah, I get what you're like. I my mom gets on my nerves. There's sometimes I text her a call. I'm like, I hate you. She's like, what did I do? I'm like, you told me something 10 years ago that lived legitimately just happened yeah. in my life. And, and like, she, she is all wise. It's ridiculous. I don't know. She's got some connection, like, like Wi-Fi line with uh-huh. God. It's oh, stupid. Yeah. Like we, she knows exactly what's going to happen, how it's going to happen. I'm like, on my nerves. But, but, she was a parent and established a really good foundation and both my parents did uh, and made made sure my brother and i were good humans and and i i thanked her for that like there i left cheyenne and there was one gentleman that i had just met and like by we i mean i met him one day we were shooting slack at like 7 30 in the morning so you're still knocking the dust out of your eyes and stuff and he comes downstairs he's a fairly old gentleman I said, how you doing today, sir? He's like, I'm good. I said, uh, he said, I'm upright. I said, so you're winning. And I guess he had never heard that, said it that way before. Yep. And he's like, I like that. I'm going to hang on to that. And then for the next three or four days, I would always say, you winning today? He's like, yeah. And then that last day, 
he he would I physically watch him grab people like have you met click like mm. if you're having a bad day That's it's gone awesome. in two minutes <laughs> And I told mom, I said, and he's, and he's like, man, I'm never going to forget you. Mm. I was like, that's awesome. But that comes from good foundation and my parents raising me to be a good person and being a person that people want to be around and encourage people. And that's, you know, social media and all that stuff has, is a powerful tool. And if you're, if you give people the foundation and the tools to use it correctly, then mission accomplished. So where, where has the disconnect happened? Because cl- clearly it, it's being it's being abused by someone uh-huh. clearly, uh, because I mean you see the rate of suicides and just the the amount of uh, turmoil a lot of these kids are in, and you know they they will point it right back to well I you know I don't get all the likes I need or I'm not getting the the friends I need on the social media world uh, to make my life better. I mean I just look at that and go my goodness there's something bigger. I mean th- this is not. Yeah. You know, where's the, where's that disconnect from? My foundation is in, is in faith. Hmm. And, and, and I grew up in church and I grew up, you know, um, when I moved, like I took a big risk. I mean, well, it was calculated a little bit, but you know, from going from a gravy nine to five job mm-hmm. that paid me good to take photos of soldiers. It was awesome, but it was got really hard coming back to that desk on Monday after I was just in Pendleton or Houston, <laughs> or, you know, it's like, that's, this is not where I'm supposed to be. Yeah. So then when I, I, you know, I take that first leap, you know, and you're not every, when it goes from, you got a check coming every two weeks to every dollar you make is physically due to what you do <laughs> right. or don't do. Yep. It, it, it you know, um, and I and I've been fortunate. I've had some really good friends and a really good support group. But at the end of the day, it's been my faith in God and taking care of me and knowing that you know when I get mm-hmm. to the 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 single digits and dollar bill signs, you know, all of a sudden a check comes somewhere or all of a sudden you know a new opportunity presents itself. And you're like, okay. And that's always been for me. That's always been the indicator that I'm on the right track. Yeah. That it's not time to turn around. And and I told and I sat down with like some of the kids that I. Uh, instruct and i have students that are older than me i have students that are younger than me. i said man i value these moments where you're right here in front of me because that's real you know likes are awesome like you, you everyone wants to receive good comments and good feedback about what they do and who they are but you know if that phone gets thrown in the water or if i delete this account a lot of those people go away mm. and they may yes they support you but can you physically touch them and Mm -hmm. like i've always wanted to you know yeah you like and that goes back to like even algorithms and like you know you sit in your room all day you're only going to see the stuff you want to see um you need to go outside and get some air you know and meet some people and you know because though that's what and i think that's deep down the backlash a lot of people had with like quarantining is we need to interact with each other. We need to, yeah. you know, feel someone like we need to, I never got to use it, but I, I, I had this meme like queued up <laughs> and it was going to be, it was the scene right at the end of Top Gun when Maverick gets out. And I think it was, uh, I can't think of his name, Merlin, the guys that get shot down in the last dog fight. And then he sees them and realizes they're still alive. Mm-hmm. And like, he like, hut, like screams and hugs them like really hard. I said, and that was going to be my deal, man. If you see me hugging somebody like this in public, 
mind your business, like <laughs> mask or not. Like, it's just because I haven't seen my friend in months. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I just want to just want to tell you, I love you and feel you and all that. You know? yeah. um, and we need that. And we need to, we need more time outside. We need more time with people for real. We need more time of having hour long phone conversations, not texting back and forth because you, you lose that, you lose that disconnect. And, you know, that's the, I, I mean, I far appreciate um, those moments and those are the, uh, something else that doesn't always get photographed. It's those moments that you have with your friends or your family or, or at church or wherever, you know, you, you know, church is not always specifically the physical church, mm-hmm. you know, um, sometimes it's just sitting outside with your buddy or your girlfriend or whoever, whoever you're in a relationship with, or, you know, or your dog and just, <laughs> you know, and sometimes that's a piece. Like I tell people, horses save lives every day, you know, and sometimes just building a connection with an animal, mm-hmm. you know, you ain't worried that that animal don't care about no likes. That animal don't care <laughs> right. about, you know, how many hits we get in this yeah. week or, or, or none of that, you know, that, that horse is in the moment mm-hmm. and cares about what's happening right now. We need more of that, you know, um, and encouragement and, um, but yeah, it's parents job to give kids the tools and, but also you, you can't come off the gas on it. You never stop being a parent. You, you're there to educate and, um, because if you do that right, then everything else will take care of itself, man. Like, have a good foundation, have a good faith. Like, and I can tell anybody today, God is real. Because there have been some moments that I'm like, man, I don't know. Like, <laughs> right. This top ramen is not doing it today. <laughs> um, but and in a cool moment I had this year, I was sitting down with some buddies and we were playing like some weird card game where you kind of like put your business out there a little mm-hmm. bit. And we were talking, I think we got on like struggle foods. And I was like, man, there's there's very few things I can't make with a rotisserie chicken from sandwiches <laughs> to salads to like, right? And then I'm sitting there, I'm like, you know, I haven't bought a rotisserie chicken in about six months. I'm like, all right. With a pandemic, I'm still doing all right. <laughs> you know, and uh, and my brother said that's because my brother's like a mechanical engineer and he's a manager now and he works at the shipyard in Virginia and he's you know works with mobile cranes he's brilliant like I'm intelligent he's something else like it's stupid like some of this, he'll say something about a cloud and I'm like why do you know that like how do you know that and I'm like man I'm trying to be like you you're killing it he's like dude you are a photographer that didn't have to get a day job during a pandemic oh. <laughs> I'm like. All right. Yep. Maybe, maybe I did. Maybe we're doing okay. Yeah. You know, it, it's, you know, you, you always talk to your friends, have friends. Um, an old quote I hear is if you're lonely, when you're alone, you're in bad company. Mm. And that's usually when, uh, that's usually when those bad things happen. So mm-hmm. if you see your friends and you know, if you see it like, Hey man, how you doing? Sometimes, Hey man, how you doing? is great like because next thing you know you're off into this yep. hour-long deal and sometimes yep. people just need to get it out why is it hard at least initially to admit that you might need help that you might be struggling with something why is that difficult for us because it's seen as weakness mm. and and uh i think these last couple of years weakness has been sh- it's you know it's 
being emotional is not a weakness. A lot of times, like, we hear it all the time. Ask any girl that's, like, struggling with a relationship and complains about her guy not, like, communicating and not being emotional. He's just a rock. Like, I mean... But it's the classic, we're raised, that we got to be strong, we got to mm. be tough, we got to be powerful, we don't cry, we, you know, we just keep it moving. Well, then you pu- push all that down, and then when you, and I tell you all the time, like, man, I try my best not to push stuff down, because if I let it out, it turns into this ugly cry situation, mm-hmm. and it is not good for anybody. Like, um, it's okay for guys to tell them they love them. Like, dude, I love you, I appreciate you. Yeah. Like, because they need to hear that, but, you know, emotion... Uh, saying you're not okay is is okay because then you open yourself up to receive help. You know, I mean, if you have your hand closed, you can't receive, you can't give anything and you can't receive anything. So you need to, you know, open that deal up and, and open up, you know, if you've got someone you can fight in or, um, but also to that person who's maybe hearing that their friend's not doing okay, be available. Mm-hmm not just in time, be available mentally to be like, you know what, I may not understand this, but how can I help you? Or, you know, and sometimes you just got to be there. Right. You know? And, and, but, um, there is no strength without weakness. So you, you, it's okay to say you're not okay. It's okay to communicate that, but find people that you can confide in and, and God helps with that too. And, and like, and for people who pray in, when you pray, pray like you're talking to somebody. Don't like I got asked, uh, I'm gonna officiate a wedding next year. And it came from me praying at like dinner when we really? had these big like group get togethers. And and the groom, he's always like, Man, Clint just brings the gospel. I'm like, bro, if you're gonna pray, <laughs> right, pray like you're talking to somebody. Yeah. Like y'all, y'all make it too, you know, <laughs> like talk to like God, you know what? <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to pay these bills and I need this internet so I can upload these photos so I can get this check and send yeah. this invoice. But you know, God, cause God knows and your friends know, they know when you're struggling. Like, and I told friends like, Hey man, I'd love to come out, hang out, have a beer with you, but I don't have any money. And sometimes <laughs> they're like, Hey man, come on. We'll pay right. For you. Right. Like, All right, cool. I got you next time. They just, you know, they, yeah. cause most likely they needed, they needed you. Mm-hmm. Cause they want to talk about something or just relax or get something off your chest. And you were honest and they were like, man, come on. I got the money. We can, you know, cause that, that money is going to, it will come and go. You know, if it's, if it's between $50 and like a moment that will last with you the rest of your life, that 50 bucks is gone anyway. But that moment is always going to be there. And sometimes that moment of just supporting a friend or mm-hmm. helping a friend or goes a long way. Wasn't that kind of what we're called to do as Christians? Really? Absolutely. Like, I mean, because I found that that's what makes people, I think, people, I think, see me and they think I've got it all figured out or I'm some all like I've had people call me like I had one friend. She's called me the son of Zeus because she thought like, <laughs> oh, I, I like he's got it. He knows. I'm like, man, I'm doing same thing as celebrity. They are going through the same things you're going through. And sometimes it's at a whole nother level. I just got to try and make 9,000, 10,000 people sometimes like a picture, <laughs> not sing perfectly for 80,000 people every night. Right. You know, it's, 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 it's all the same things, you know? Uh, but, you know, you just have to, that, that it is, that's a part of your calling, you know, to be Christian is to be Christ-like, mm. you know, 
And, and sometimes you are the only representation of God, of Christ that people ever see. My mother always would say, don't shame the family. And I knew what it, she was telling me, like, you know, don't act an ass when you go out in the street. Yeah. And, you know, um, especially when I started rodeoing farther away from home. And then I also, then I realized, like, well, she's not just talking about the Thompson family. She's talking about the family of God, because mm. I am a representation of that. And, you know, I need to always remember that. And plus it helps that my logo's in my face. So then it always rem- <laughs> reminds me not to be too crazy or, right. you know, there's only one click. There's only one logo that looks mm-hmm. like that. There ain't a whole bunch of brothers walking around here with cameras. So, you know, <laughs> you, you, you sorry, know that, but right. like, I mean, it's, it's the greatest worst marketing scheme of all time. You're never going to be forgotten, but you're also never going to be forgotten. Yep. So <laughs> That's wild. Yeah. Uh, other than rotisserie chicken, uh, <clears throat> do you cook? A little bit. I've, I've gotten my roommate. He's like a crazy master chef. He used to like cook competitively. And, oh, brother. And that, that's, I, whole, I, that's rough. <laughs> 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 he, he, you know, he's, he's got a Traeger and a Blackstone out uh, here and a whole bunch, you know. He, so, you know I, I can be there in about be, 16 hours. <laughs> I mean, come on, we, do a, we do a crawfish bowl once or twice oh. a year. And like we have the crawfish flown in because we know some of the, the Broussards from Louisiana and they, they fly it in and I had to go pick it up. Here I am, like picking up 120 pounds of live oh, crawfish, so we can have our, you know, and it and it's funny, but uh, yeah, I mean, I've been definitely improved over the years, and you start to like with nutrition, and um, you try to figure out what works better for you, mm-hmm. and 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 you know, all kinds, of, and that's another benefit of technology is you can really, like, I have this whoop band that like I got to like really help with monitoring sleep and stuff like that, and it got to the point where I was like trying out pillows like which pillow do i sleep better on or what better like why can i sleep better on my buddies and like pull out mattress and i can't even one at the house and yeah. you know all these things so uh but yeah and that goes back to i think uh the work that mm-hmm. people don't see same thing with like competitors and things like that i mean i want my uh career to go as long as i wanted to go i don't want like an issue with my body or something to prevent me from yeah doing what I want to do. So that's cool. Do you have any uh sponsors <laughs> in, in, in your world? <laughs> uh yes and no. Like um I've uh I've been forced to work with a lot of really cool brands and, and stuff like that. I am a, an American hat company ambassador, so I wear American hats. Um but I think that's more representative representative of the people mm-hmm. um behind the company and the people I work with. They've always been really good to me and um um, like every there's you could probably find 60 hats hanging on the wall around in here in this house but uh every one of those people have been influential and supportive and and have been awesome it's been cool to call them the other day because obviously with getting the steer roping finals we want we want to look good so mm-hmm. we're getting so, so you get like custom hats for that <laughs> yeah i'll get a I'll, I'll get a hat that'll have like my name and the sweatband <sighs> like official photographer or something like that that's cool. Um, do you get then, do you get to design like my, it all, like that stuff, or they they um, just have stuff that they will? I kind of like there. it's last minute, like something like um, I have a boot guy that does. We always talk about my boots and stuff, so <laughs> we design boots and and different colors. And I've got I've got a a light addiction to fashion and swagger and looking good and and you know dyed denim. My mom, you saw hello, <laughs> yeah, dying denim, dying <laughs> yeah. denim, and you know. My mom always would say, you know, you don't leave the house ashy or wrinkled. So I'm always got to look on point. And, ooh, ooh. You know, since did, you mentioned that, 
mm-hmm. uh, our local high school, they were, mm-hmm. um, we, we have a, there's a community fundraising uh, conglomerate that's kind of come about over the last, I don't know, a couple of decades where rather than every little entity going to every business and person in town to appeal for a little bit mm-hmm. of money, they figured yeah. they would put it together and have a combined appeal. Uh, and so every yeah. year, and it raises, I don't know, $185,000 a year. Uh, to be used yeah. for local, you know, small groups and things like that, which is, it's pretty amazing for our community. We have about yeah. 3,500 people, so it's not huge. Um, That's awesome. So they, they get some uh, high school seniors every year mm-hmm. to go with uh, a few of the business leaders in town and people that are in these organizations that request the money and benefit from this to go out and solicit. Well, that happened mm-hmm. last week, and this is the first year that I've been involved um, I sit on a board that gets a decent amount of money from this, that we help uh, people with heart and diabetes issues. We help cover a lot of those costs yeah. with this money. Uh, and so I got to go with uh, one of the other ladies on the board and uh, three senior boys. And we walked in the high school <clears throat> to pick them up. And yeah. I was appalled at the attire <laughs> that these children wear. They all had sweatpants on, slippers on. Oh. It, it looked like... They, I, and I just, when you said that, I was like, I wish, like, I don't know what we're doing wrong in society here because they all had jammies on in high school. Mm. These are 17, 18 year old kids. And I told the three that came with us, I said, I'm really impressed with your attire, kids. You realize we're going to ask businesses for lots of money, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> it just frustrated me, but that goes back to something. I mean, is that a, it's got to be a parenting issue. I mean, you heard it from your mom. You, you look yeah. at the part. I talked to my kids. They just got some new clothes last week. And my yeah. 12-year-old, um, I have a 15, 12-year-old boy, uh, and then a daughter and a younger boy under that. And he mm-hmm. loves anything athletic wear. Yeah. And he doesn't want to try anything else on. And so I told him yes last night, he was looking through his clothes he got. And I, he's like, do you like them? I said, well, I do, but I don't like that all you will want to wear is athletic wear because it doesn't work yeah. when we go to church, mm-hmm. when we go out and you have to look put together. So we're next time we shop, we're looking at other clothes. Yeah. And it, it I don't know what to do. I mean, I, I can only do it with my kids, but I feel like we're doing our kids a disservice in mm-hmm. society. Oh, um, there's a reason rodeo has a dress code. <laughs> oh, you know? Yes. You know, when you when you come, I mean, part of it, too, is uh, when people come to a rodeo, that may be their first time ever being one and they want to see Cowboys. Mm-hmm. They want to see, you know, yeah. um, and you are a part of the show. Um, and I learned it's funny, like I, I bought every now and then I'll buy T-shirts and I feel like I have very few dress down days. So it's funny, like and I used to have all the band T-shirts and I thought they were awesome <laughs> wearing the school. And then, like, and I've got a, every rodeo company has a ball ha- ball cap. Yep. And I've got stacks of them to the point that I just give them away because I know I'm not going to wear them. Like, Dale <laughs> gives me stuff all the time. I'm like, yeah. I'm never going to, like, I, I, I'll I give it to a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, but rarely, I mean, and, like, even here, like, most of this is probably be for audio, but I still mm-hmm. got a collared shirt on yeah. and a cowboy hat. But. Um, and like my brother, when he interviewed recently, he interviewed in a suit. Yeah, it was over it was a Zoom call, but yeah. he wore a suit from head to toe. Yep. You know, um, people, they're lacking in pride sometimes. Like, man, like, they, and they may, and it could simply be that someone's not 
at home going, hey, you need to look Mm -hmm. put together because you don't just represent you. You represent me, your grandparents, you know, everybody in this. Sometimes it's everybody in this community. Sometimes it's a race, Mm. you know. um, Yeah, we we have to. And sometimes you just got to go, hey, you need to have a polo or a college shirt or some slacks. Yeah. And this is what is required for this deal. Because like you said, we are going to businesses. Right. Sometimes they don't know. Like I found out when I taught in college, like if you don't tell someone to write their name on a piece of an assignment, they will not do it. <laughs> I'm like, well, how am I supposed to know this is yours? Right. Um, you know, and then they look at me crazy. I'm like, but I'm the dummy. I'm mm-hmm. the jerk. Because I, you know, um, yeah, like we, there's, there's less pride, I think, in a lot of things. We have to get back to, Taking pride in what you do. do you Taking think, pride in how you're seen. Mm-hmm. Do you think some of this is is uh, a result of our uh, celebrity, not celebrity, but in uh, in society, we're now learning that uh, everything is okay as long as you are happy with yourself. That it doesn't matter your your truth, my truth. Um, this whole idea that uh, as long as you're you feel good, then that's awesome. Part of that definitely has an effect. It has an, an, an impact. I think uh, a lot of people struggle with being held to a standard mm. or being uh, told that uh, they are average or like, you know, the way you're dressed is below average. You know, there's there's less grading going on these days where mm-hmm. there's only unacceptable and acceptable and acceptable that bar is pretty close to unacceptable it's not like <laughs> yeah you know they, there's there's no b c b a you know um and and i and i've experienced that with like teaching a bunch of students and stuff like that because like i've seen a lot of pictures and some of them <laughs> like kid will show me a photo and they've got a that's a good photo mm-hmm. they want me to like freaking run and jump and high five everybody on the street i'm like it's a good photo like i'm not you're not we, there's still work to done because most likely this is a lightning strike, not like you figured out how to do right. it so you can yeah. replicate it. So yeah, um, like it's good. Like I'm like we're on the right track. Like because some people, you give them an inch, they'll take a mile. Mm-hmm. You know, give them a rope, they won't be a cowboy. I'm like, no, no, no we're not there yet. Like <laughs> this is a good picture. This is but like here, here's there's the standard. There's a reason that the cream is the cream, and there's a reason that there's everybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we just, a lot of people struggle with being held to accountable and being held in a standard. Like, you know, you've done something for a certain amount of years and then you get somewhere or you have something that you want to do. And then that person tells you that you're not ready or, you know, um, you're not good enough. But I think when you're delivering that message, you also have to tell them that, uh, you're not ready, but I can help you. I can show you how to get ready. Mm-hmm. So that makes them now, they're not just shutting you down because I think a lot of people struggle with that too is, you know, if they, they, they won't give people an opportunity to progress. That's something that we, that I've worked on and, and struggle with, with our like PRCA member system. Like we have some, we have a little bit of a gatekeeper situation going on. And like, there's some old guys have been doing it. Guys and gals have been doing it a long time. And they're concerned about their bottom line. So they don't want to, you know, welcome in new people. But I'm like, guys, you know, I look at it like a college. If there are no students, we don't have a college. Mm -hmm. Right. (laughs) You know, know, it's just us. So, um, and yes, not everyone needs to be a PRCA photographer or should be. um, But if someone's got 
passion mm-hmm. and dedication and wants to give it a shot. We can we own that, you know. But um, but we also have to maintain a standard and we have to, you know, um, you know, you rank like it's okay. Like I got fun made fun of if my clothes was wrinkled, if I was ashy, like I still remember <laughs> girls like gym class and my knee was ashy. Like I might have just nailed down in some dirt or something, but she's gonna make fun of me for this whole, <laughs> you know, mile long run that we yeah. have to do because my knee is ashy. I'm like, you know what? I don't want to listen to that no mm-hmm. more. But I learned from it, and if I had just done what my mom said, don't walk <laughs> ashy, you ain't gonna get made fun of. Right, mom. You know, jeez. Um, but she knows. I, yeah, this is fascinating. I have the same frustration <laughs> as you. Like there've been times. Prime example: I'll go to like a sporting event, mm-hmm. and someone comes up to sing the national anthem, and I see what they're wearing. I'm like, "What are you doing? <laughs> right? Why are there holes in your jeans? Like, if you're going to wear jeans, yeah. just at least have a pair that doesn't have holes in them. They like, probably bottom that way. Singing, Come on, though. Feel like you're singing the national anthem, right? <laughs> Does anybody at the Super Bowl like? Okay, yeah, maybe you get some weird stuff, mm-hmm. but I'm like. It, if, if there's holes in the jeans, those are $700 jeans. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, or, you know, or like they're going to make up somewhere in the outfit. Mm-hmm. Like, don't. Yeah. Because you, now you're representing you, your family, the nation, like, tighten up. Like, someone, that's when you need a good friend. Like, hey, man, I don't think you should wear that to the thing because that doesn't look good. Yeah, but we have this problem, though. When we try things like that, unless you have a really good relationship, then you're just being a bully and you're pushing back and you shouldn't. Just be quiet. Leave me alone. I think at some level we're. That's when I go. That's when I go. You know what? You're right. Because I know they'll come back and be like, you know what? You 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 might have been right. I know. It's you know. I'm like, and and so and I've had to like, and a lot of times what I'll do, especially if I'm doing it through text messages, I'm like, this information is not meant to make you feel bad. Nice. This information (laughs) is to help you. You should maybe oughta coulda not want to do that. This is why. Yeah. Because this doesn't reflect well on you. <laughs> sorry if your feelings are hurt. Well, not really sorry because I'm I'm using my right. time, my valuable time to help you get better. But yeah. it's interesting. I uh got to meet and interview uh Bill Bader the third, I guess. He owns a mm-hmm. big uh drag strip in uh, Norwalk, Ohio. Phenomenal businessman, just yeah, brilliant. Um, and one of the things he says is the complaining customer is your friend. Mm-hmm. And he's, he's like, if someone took the time to either find me or one of my people, uh, write mm-hmm. a letter, get on, find our website, call our number, something to have, to let me know something's wrong. Mm-hmm. I need to value that. That is something yeah. that they, they thought was, <laughs> was important enough that they should find me and tell me. Now, I mean, I like it because it's going to say I'm doing something wrong, but that means they saw it, they noticed it, and they took the time to let me know, and that's valuable. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's huge, huge, huge. But we, you have to be, like you said, you have to be available and yeah. go, okay. Because a lot of times, especially when you got a bigger company or just any, or you got a lot of things moving, if someone like takes the time to go, hey, you know, it, 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 it requires just a little bit of time at minimum mm-hmm. to go let me check that out real quick because they you know they may see something i don't yeah. or i could be blind to it it's like a like being in a bad relationship you don't see it when you're in it and everyone exactly. else is like bro like she's crazy <laughs> or you know and then yeah. when it's over and you're like why didn't y'all tell me well we right. tried to we got tried. feelings every time we brought it up uh-huh blinders <laughs> uh-huh. yeah exactly absolutely yeah. <clears throat> 
cool. Well, uh, I don't know what to call you. You keep wanting to say click, but I don't know. It's <laughs> CT. I'm all not fine. sure. I respond to all. Yeah, I, I've heard every version of now the click thing, all the puns. They're fantastic. Nice. But uh, com is your website. Mm-hmm. Um, all over the social medias at Click Thompson. Is that right? Yeah, all over social medias at Click Thompson. Also, uh, Click the Artist, A R T I S, is a new Instagram where I'll have more of my thoughts and I talk about just light exploration, about just general thoughts about things moves all that kind of stuff will be there too so that's a new thing i'm working on it that's a little bit more unedited awesome um you mentioned earlier that you do uh or you did some workshops do you still do those or are those kind of off we we've done three this year and we've got another one in the works i think for november so stay tuned for that uh um i really enjoyed doing that um part of the reason i stopped teaching when i was getting my master's was it was just the, the class, the love, the students, you get one or two that were maybe close to the level of passion you had for it. And mm-hmm. it's hard to teach when there's, you know, you just, because you feel like you're almost like you're wasting your time. But when people kind of invest in you and they want to hear what you have to say and your yeah. thoughts and, and be a part of the community, that, that, I mean, that gets me excited every time. Where do those normally happen? You do those in Texas uh, or do you take them around? Lot, yeah. We've been doing them in Fort Worth uh, at the Cowtown Coliseum, so it's a good opportunity for people to shoot mm-hmm. at Cowtown. If you've never been there, it's a it's a historical place. A lot mm-hmm. of historical moments in Western sports, and then the industry have happened there. I mean, I was just played there. So yeah, um, it's, a, it's a pretty sweet, it's a cool place. I've been, to I've been be. down there once. It's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a cool place to be, and uh, but hopefully in in the upcoming year we'll do some. Uh, some more things in different parts of the country. I'd like to do some portfolio reviews and sit down with some other minds mm-hmm. and do some cool things. So, yeah. Well, I'd love to have you in South Dakota. It'd be a blast. No <laughs> yeah. My, <laughs> my, my good friend, uh, Clay Gardafi, he lives in South, South Dakota. So I think okay. we might have to make a trip up there and cause a ruckus. Absolutely. Good. Chris, Christopher, click, whatever. Thompson, <laughs> thank you so much for, uh, taking some time and it's been a pleasure chatting and hopefully we'll do it again. Absolutely. Thanks, Chris, for hanging out with us. ClickThompson.com on the interweb. Across the social medias at ClickThompson. Don't forget to check him out and give him a follow. This is the interview podcast. YMLBank.com is our website. Don't forget, if you want to help support the show, click on the podcast button and find the donate button on there. We will see you on the next one. Have a wonderful day.